Take your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 3 this evening. Proverbs chapter 3. Oh, hang on, i got to turn the microphone on. Okay. Now I'm ready, Barrett. Proverbs chapter 3. Tonight we're answering a question. (laughs) You could say people should ask. I've had it asked quite a few times. I know the pastor has had it asked. I've asked myself this question. How do I get these children to behave? This is a question that Miss Ware, Miss Westich, and Miss Kristen and I conversate about every week because they're working in daycare. How do we get these children to behave? And uh, I used to say, I've changed my mind, but I used to say having children is one of the only things that you get into where there's no user manual. Now, I know there's, I know we have God's word. I know that. But when you get married, there's all kinds of books written on how to, how to be a good husband, how to be a good wife. When you buy a house, here's how to buy a house. Here's how to finance. Here's how to take care of it. All these other kinds of things, all right? When you have kids, you get one or two reactions. <laughs> Good luck. Or, oh, okay. Both of the, neither one of those make you feel like, oh, okay, we're confident about this. And someone's like, uh, what have we done? I can tell you from experience, it doesn't get any better. The more you have, it's still, oh, man, what are we thinking? And uh, I read some quotes. I thought I'd share a couple with you. Um, so here's what I would like for you to do. Don't fact check me about who these people are. Okay, because some of them I didn't know their name. And so I didn't go and take the time to look it up. So if there's somebody who's really terrible, just ignore it and move on. All right. P.J. O'Rourke said, everybody knows how to raise children, except those who have them. And that's the truth. You ask a parent how to raise children, they're like, no, You ask, you know, Folks who are younger and, you know, haven't had to, oh, wow, bless God, I know how to fix that. Oh, you do, huh? Okay, good luck. (laughs) Uh, There's an Arab proverb that says raising children is like chewing on a stone. I thought on that one for a while, and I thought, you know, that's closer to the truth than people would admit to. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who said this until we finish it. I want you to listen to what's said here. Children today are tyrants. They contradict their parents, gobble their food, and tyrannize their teachers. Socrates. <laughs> that's, that's like, that's like 4,000 years ago, almost. Okay. He was right then and now, also. Frederick Douglass said it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. And that is entirely true not just according to Frederick Douglass, but according to God's word. Billy Graham said, a child who is disrespectful to their parents will never truly respect anyone. Another gentleman said, don't worry that the children never listen to you. Worry that they're always watching. And as a parent, I can speak to the truth of that. To bring a child up in the way he should go, Josh Billings said, you need to travel that way yourself. And then my personal favorite, 
Raising children is often like negotiating with a bipolar terrorist. You never know when they're going to go off. There was a number of common statements that came to my mind that I've uttered, that I've heard other people utter. I've heard people say, I don't know how to fix this. And I want to share a couple with you. If you said these, don't feel embarrassed. Welcome to the club. We should get t-shirts. All right? They just don't listen to me. You ever said that? I have this conversation. My, my home is a lot like my parents' home. My mom could talk until she ran out of oxygen. And we're like, okay, mom. Dad came in and said, stop, and everybody ran for cover. Okay? I don't know why it is that way, but it's that way in my house. I walk in and said, you better stop, and everybody gets Jesus, slain in the spirit. We're all obeying. I walk out the door, and the devil must come in as the door is closing behind me and inhabits the children. People are hitting people. People are yelling, kicking, all kinds of stuff. It's fine, as long as they're successful. Don't fall into that trap. It's not fine. You see, success... Now, pause. If we use successful in the context of Joshua 1.8, I'll give you that statement. But most of the people that I've heard say this are people that I've talked to, Brother Bill, and I said, you know... to, to get your kids to where they need to be to fix these issues that you're seeing, you need to have them in church. Uh, it's okay, as long as they're successful. I'm too busy. Been there. Well, I would correct them, but I'm too busy. Well, I'd call them out, but you know, I, you know. I'm not trying to be discouraging to you because I'm not preaching from a position, like I said this morning. I'm not preaching from a position of authority. (laughs) Not even so much experience, more of head knowledge. And these are things that I'm working on. Well, they're better behaved than those kids. Okay, that's not hard today, okay? So this should not even be a qualification, all right? If you've been to Walmart, you could... Any child who walks through Walmart without making any loud, obnoxious noise is better than most of the kids in there. Okay, this is not a good measuring stick. They're better behaved than those kids. All right. And anyone could say this about their children. They just have to find somebody worse than them. Okay. I'm so tired of correcting all the time. I've been there (laughs) this week. Today. So how many times must I say this to you? And I'm constantly reminded, Miss Becky, how many times does God say, hey, you're not supposed to be doing that? (laughs) So anyways, these are a lot of common statements that you will hear. Perhaps you said them. If not, you probably thought them. But I'd like to look into God's word. And this will not be a uh, expository message of Tremendous magnitude where you go home and say, I have all the answers. I I guarantee you won't have any answers at the end of this. All right? You say, you're so encouraging. I know. That's my job. Proverbs chapter 3 is where we're going to begin this, this evening. And I'd like to give you truths tonight that you already know. None of this is, oh, really? I didn't know that. Well, I was going to be like, yeah, I agree. Me too. 
and I still struggle as a parent. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 1, the Bible says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lead not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Father, would you help us tonight? Give us wisdom, direction. Father, would you clear my mind? Help me to think clearly and to speak clearly. Lord, give me exactly what you once said tonight. Father, our children are the only lasting thing we leave on this earth when we move on. Help us to take seriously the task that we have before us. May we love you and serve you as we ought. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to talk about three areas tonight. Well, two areas and some summary. And I find and we've had this uh, a lot of okay, so a lot of parenting skills uh you learn them at home, you practice them at home, but you also practice them in the classroom. If you're a teacher or you do a Sunday school class, a lot of your parenting comes out in that class uh because it's the same situation, all right? And uh, we've had conversation, I've had multiple conversations with the teachers of Granite Christian Academy about the, what are the major problems you face this year. And constantly, every year, almost every teacher says, I wish the parents would get it. Every year. And we've actually talked about having parent orientation saying, don't bring kids. We're having a parenting session. We're going to teach you how to parent. You say, are all the parents that bad? No. There's just a handful of ones that could use some instruction, right? And perhaps you know some parents that could use some instruction. I'm one of those parents. And I have to be careful because every time I get into that, well, we ought to just, Mrs. Ware, we ought to just say, all the parents, here, we're going to make a list. All of these parents don't have to come. You're doing a great job. All the rest of these parents, you need to be here because we have something to tell you. And I need to be careful not to get up on platform and forget that this guy fails as a parent every day. I do. And one of the biggest struggles that we face as parents is not knowing what to do. It's actually doing it. And so tonight we're going to start with a very simple thought, and that is we need some parental training. Okay? How do we get these children to behave? Well, first of all, it's by training ourselves as a parent as possible. Look at verse number three, or excuse me, chapter number three, verse number one in Proverbs. It says, my son, forget not my law. You say, oh, this is the law that Solomon said. This is what we're doing. No, it's not. It didn't come from him. He's just taking ownership, saying, this is how I live my life, and this is how you need to live your life. 
You see, the Bible says in Proverbs 22 that we're supposed to train up a child in the way that they should go. How do you figure out how to train up a child? You live it. If I were to ask Brother Branson, Brother Branson, what's the number one thing that you in your lifetime should teach your children? I'm going to guess he's going to say to love God. How does he do that? He lives it. You say, Mr. Davies, I'm so glad you're teaching on parenting. We have a lot of parents in our world that need this. But I, I don't have kids at my house. And, and my grandkids live a long ways away, and I don't see them very often. Oh, good. That doesn't mean you're exempt. Why? We're going to get there, but d- don't forget 2 Timothy chapter 1. Why did Timothy come to Christ? His mother and his grandmother. You see, we never hear too much about Timothy's dad. Why? According to historical record, we don't know that he was ever saved or ever in the picture. But he had a mom and he had a grandma that loved God and lived it. And Timothy changed the world. So the first thing that we need to do as parents, you ready? This is not rocket science, you ready? You need to know the Bible. So when one of Miss Jessica's girls come to her and say, Mom, what do I do about this? Mom says, I'm so glad you asked. Let me get my Bible. I'm so glad you asked. The Bible says. Now, I, I want to caution you. This is an instructional tool. It is not a blunt force object. I'm kind of kidding. You ever met anybody who used the Bible as a blunt force object? They're like, you, whoa, hey, not physically, but verbally. Every time somebody steps out of line, they get a verse quoted at them. That teaches your children that the Bible's against them. We've got to be careful. Please understand we get one shot at this as parents. So how do we get our children to behave? Well, first of all, we have to... We have to know the Bible. That means, Dad, if, if, if you've got a son that comes to you and says, Dad, I don't understand this in my Bible. Good, let's go look at it. Let's study it out. Now, you say, Mr. Davies, I'm, I, 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 didn't, I didn't go to any kind of Bible college. I just got saved and I've just been coming to church. Okay, well then go ask the pastor. Go ask Mr. Davies. Go ask one of the leadership. Hey, how do I talk to my kids about this? That's a good question. Why? Do you know how to do everything you're supposed to do in life? I don't. Of course, I haven't lived very long, but I don't. So I find people ask. I ran into this problem on Friday. I texted Brother Josh. I texted Brother Johnny. I texted my dad, and I said, what in the world am I doing wrong? I was trying to weld. Any of you who have welded know it's an acquired skill. I have not acquired it. Okay? If you want a good laugh, come see me afterwards. I'll show you pictures of how bad it was. It held, but it wasn't pretty. And you know what I figured out? I need some help. And so I went and asked someone who knew. But that didn't mean I said, well, I can't do it. But Frank, I can't do it. So I'm just going to have to wait till Brother Johnny shows up to show me how to do this. No, what did I do? I got my phone out and I did some research. My child comes to me and says, Dad, what does this word mean? You know, that's a good question. I don't know. Let me get my Bible out. Let me get the dictionary out. Let me get my phone out.
You got to know your Bible. Lord willing, next Sunday morning, we're going to talk about truth. You want to know why we struggle in our nation? Because we've neglected truth. I've neglected truth. Say, Mr. Davies, you're preaching. You're not supposed to neglect truth. I agree. But I'm a sinner just like y'all. And that means I got to know my Bible. But I don't just have to know it. James chapter 1 teaches us we don't just know the Bible. We have to live the Bible. We have to live the Bible. You've all heard the expression, do as I say, not as I do. And we would all willingly admit that is the most, that's not a polite word, unintelligent thing to say. We would agree. And yet we do it. Son, obey right now. And if he doesn't, there's consequences. <laughs> and then God comes to me Sunday morning and says, Son, you need to do this. I'll, I'll, okay, I'll get there. If my son said to me what I say to the Lord, he wouldn't live very long. And yet God has patience with me. I have to live the Bible. That means when I get up in the morning, I have to live the Bible. Your children ought to see you read God's word. You say, well, I get up really early. Well, then if you have your devotions in the morning, read it again at night so they see you reading God's word. I can remember coming out to do my homework in the school mornings and my dad sitting at the table reading his Bible. And so about two years ago, I made a point that I'm going to have my devotions in the same spot in the house every day so that my children know where to expect me to be. And that I'm going to pray on my knees at that location so that if my kids get up, they know exactly where dad's going to be at that time in the morning. He said, that make you more spiritual? No. But it provided an example. And I only get one shot at this. You say, but, but isn't, that, isn't that hard to get up and, and then to go to that spot? What if there's stuff in that spot? Then you move it, okay? If your house is like mine, stuff accumulates for random reasons at different spots in the house for no purpose, all right? I have to move it. Why? Because that's where I meet God every morning. We don't just have to know the Bible and live the Bible, but we have to teach the Bible. What does Psalm 119 verse number 9 says? Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. How do you take heed to something? Somebody has to teach you. Somebody has to teach you. Look at Proverbs, turn over a page, look at Proverbs chapter 4. Pastor preached out of Proverbs chapter 4 last week. Look at verses 10 and 11. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. Look at verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. Dads, let me ask you a question. This is going to seem unrelated, but there's a, we're going somewhere. Do you have any sayings? Miss Carly and I were talking about this tonight. Sayings that identify you. All right, my dad. I, I still, to, to this day, Brother Bill, have no idea what this means. He would say, cheese and crackers, fella. That meant too bad, so sad, deal with it and move on. I have no idea where the cheese and crackers, but I remember it. I remember where I was when he said it. I do, and it's like, Okay, 
Pastor, so what? Easy preaching, hard living, right? Do you have sayings that quantify your dad? You as a dad, you as a mom, you should. Why? Those are the things that stick. And I'm saying you need to come up with some very educated thing. You know, I tell my kids all the time, do it right. Do it right. Do it right. Why? They need to do it right. That's a life skill. Do it right. All right? Don't want the teens can tell you. Almost every time we have teen group, make sure you read your Bible. Why? This is where it starts. You say, why is, why is it important to have something that you say? I want to prove this to you. Turn back to Proverbs chapter 1. Let's look at some verses. Stay with me, okay? We're going to fly through the first couple chapters of the book of Proverbs. You ready? Proverbs chapter 1, verse number 8. My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Verse 10. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Verse 15, my son, walk not thou in the way with them, refrain thy foot from thy path. Verse number, uh, chapter 2, verse number 1, my son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee. 3, verse 1, my son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Verse 11, my son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. Verse number 21, my son, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discernment. Chapter 4, verse number 1, hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. Look at chapter 5, verse number 1, my son, attend unto my wisdom and bow thine ear to my understanding. Look at chapter number 6, verse number 1. My son, if thou be surety for thy friend, if thou hast stricken thy hand with a stranger. Verse 20. My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. 7. Verse number 1. My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. You get the point? think if you were to ask Rehoboam, what's one of the things that Solomon was known for? He'd say, my son, my son, my son, all the time, my son, right? He had daughters, but he never talked to them, my son. No, why? Because Solomon knew this is how you affect your children. We have to teach our children. So we have to have some parental training, but then second of all, we need to have a scriptural target. I want you to think, okay, so if your children still live in your house, think about your children. If you're a grandparent, think about your grandchildren. What do you want them to become? And don't, don't do this. I want them to become whatever God wants them to be. That's a cop-out for tonight. That's a good answer in life. But for tonight, what do you want them to become? Think in your mind. What do you want them to become? Okay. How do we get there? You see, I've never asked a parent, so what do you want your kids to be when they grow up? And them not have an answer. They always say, oh, yeah, I want my kid to do this. So I think, I, you ask pastor, if Asher ends up being 6'4", what do you want him to become? A baseball pitcher. Cool, right? Liam's convinced he wants to be a monster truck driver, all right? That's cool. You can make some money doing that. But is that what I want? I don't know. I have to back up and ask myself, 
What's my target? And then how do I get there? If I want my son to be faithful in God's house when he becomes an adult, what do I have to do? I have to live that. And then I have to teach him, son, God's house is important. This is the most important thing we do every week is come to God's house. Why? This is where our family is. This is where our family is. What do you want him to be when he grows up? A man that loves God, loves his family, and can handle adversity. Say, did you, did you think of that before he was born? No, I just came up with that right now. And he say, really? Oh, wait, way to be prepared, Mr. Davis. No, anytime you ask me, he's got to love God. And he has to love his family. And he has to be able to handle adversity. Why? Those are three things we don't see in our world. And so my son's going to make a difference, Lord willing. You say, Mr. Davies, you're awful confident. No, I'm not confident. I know whom I've believed. And he's able to do that. So we have to have a scriptural target. So how do we have scriptural targets, all right? This is where we get into the weeds. You ready? Again, not an exhaustive list. First of all, someone said this a long time, and I, I, I thought, tried to figure out who said it, and I can't remember. Little habits form great people. Okay, that's one of the things that I tell people that come to tour our school and they stop in the kindergarten room and they're amazed in the school year that the kindergarten room is in pretty decent order. The place doesn't look like a bomb went off. Wow. I'm like, yeah, we teach our kindergarten students responsibility. Did you get those toys out? Uh-huh. Put them away. Say, ah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Okay, I agree with that too. But that means when Junior gets his toys out, he's got to put them away. And that means if you got to stand there and say, uh uh, you missed one, come on, do it right. That's what you got to do as a parent. Little habits. Why? Because you said, well, it's okay, I'll just clean them up. No, that's not teaching him anything. That's teaching him he can make a mess and somebody else will clean it up. You, if you ever go out to eat with us, <laughs> It's an adventure. Anyways, okay. But at the end of the meal, my wife started this habit when we got married. I didn't understand it. And I finally figured it out. When we get ready to leave the table wherever we've eaten, you will notice that all the plates are stacked. All the silverware are on the top plate. All the trash is put onto a nice neat pile. The table's picked up. Why? Well, because we want to make the waiter or the waitress's job easier. Or the busboy. No. <laughs> if you make a mess... You clean it up. But there's somebody whose job that is. That's irrelevant. Little habits form great people. That's why at my house, on the chore list every summer, this is the first thing. On their chore list, they have to read their Bible. You say, it's on their chore list? Yeah, that way they make sure they get it done. Right? They get it, or they got to check it off. Oh, yes, I read my Bible. Why? You got to start with good habits. You have to. I have to do it. When I get up, I have to make sure, okay, don't look at the phone. 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 Look at the phone. Get to the Bible first. Why? Because if I look at the phone, it's a 50-50 chance. I'll get distracted. Something else will happen. I'll have gotten a text in the middle of the night for somebody who needs attention to something, and there it goes. I have to build a good habit. But what else should we do? If we're going to have a scriptural target, we have to build good habits. 
All right. Proverbs chapter 22, verse number six says we're supposed to train up a child. What are some areas we need to focus on? What are some areas I need to focus on with my children? First of all, character. Character. What is character? That could be a broad category. Oh, character is this, character is that. No, character is the ability to do what I'm supposed to do when no one is watching. That's character. We could say that's maturity also, but we're going to stick it under character for tonight. Proverbs 22, verse number 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Now, you ready? Parents, hold on to your hats. I'm sorry that I'm going to say this. I'm battling this myself. That doesn't mean they're going to do what you think they should. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that when Liam gets old enough, he's going to say, well, my dad said I should become a preacher, so I'm going to become a preacher. If he does it for that reason, he's wrong. Now, I have every right to say, son, this is where you should go. Or, son, these are the skills God's given you. Or, son, God seems to be putting you in this direction. But when he gets old enough, his relationship with God should determine what he believes God wants him to do. That's hard. We're standing up here practicing for next Sunday morning. We're singing a patriotic song about freedom not being free. And I stand there. I was having trouble singing, Miss Patty. Not because you were here. Because I was thinking, well, what if my son reaches the age of 19? He says, Dad, I don't know why, but God is pointing me into the military. My first reaction is like, all right, serve our country. My second reaction is, hold on a second. You know what the military has become? But freedom's not free. If that's what God has for him, I have a daughter who's convinced she's going to be a missionary. Praise the Lord. Hold on a second. We need a lot of missionaries in Wythe County. That's a good place. We need a lot of missionaries in southwestern Virginia. That's not where she's looking. You know the last place she looked, Miss Sizemore? <laughs> Mongolia. That's the, yeah, your face was what happened on the inside. Me too. That's a long way away. Let's start somewhere closer. My wife comes from, uh, her parents, you guys know, her parents are missionaries. They've been in South Africa. They've been in Australia. Am I glad she feels like God's calling her to be a missionary? Absolutely. Scares me to death. But you know what I know for sure? If I do my job as a parent, she'll know what God's will is for her life. And if she follows it, what can I say against that? Little habits form great people. We need to train our children in character. We also need to train them in behavior. This is where we get into trouble. I'm sorry in advance. You know what one of the first commandments that comes to mind as I'm thinking about children is? Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 1. Children, obey. I don't even say the rest of the verse. Why? My kids are too small. Children, obey. Mrs. Davies can tell you one of the first things we taught our children. Obey. 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 That was right after the word no. No. Obey. Okay? It is. Why? Obedience is key to being a Christian. It also makes my life as a parent a whole lot easier if they obey. It doesn't work out all the time, but it's a target, right? What else? Kindness. Amen. What's the Bible say? Be ye kind one to 
another. You ought to have a Bible reason for why you're making your children change their behavior. Parents, you need to have a Bible reason. Not just, well, they embarrassed me. That's a dumb reason. If they embarrassed you, because there's a, there's a training flaw. I've been embarrassed in the last week, and I thought, well, we need to wire that out. We need to fix this. The place to fix it is not in the Walmart. If, you, if you're having a problem in the Walmart, okay, time to roll back the tape a little bit. We need to train this a little bit harder at home so that when we get in public, so-and-so behaves themselves. What did the Apostle Paul say? I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. How does that happen? They got trained. Train them in kindness, obedience, respect. Respect. Giving. Hey, your children ought to be willing to give. Uh, We have a very good spirit of giving amongst the young people in our church. You ought to go up to junior church and watch them serve. That's giving. My children, when when it's our turn to clean, they're down here cleaning. Why? Because it doesn't magically get clean. Somebody's got to clean this up. And so we bring them down. Why? They got trained. I can can remember. (laughs) I can remember. We did the same thing growing up. Everybody's on a schedule, you know. We had a, our church building was a little bit bigger than this. And so everybody had a section they had to clean. And it cycled, so you didn't have to do it every month. <laughs> okay, guys, it's Saturday afternoon. We just ate lunch, get in the car. Where are we going? It's our turn to clean. <sighs> and we go, and it'd take us like all of an hour. And we go and clean. Do you know what we found out? Cleaning ain't any fun. It's a lot of work. Some people are just nasty. The mess they make and walk away. I've caught my children cleaning up after somebody else. Why are you doing that? Well, I don't want somebody else to have to do it. <laughs> it's a wrong reason, but I'm glad they're doing it, right? They ought, to be learned, they ought to learn how to give. Here's one we're working on. <laughs> Being selfless. That's hard to teach. That's hard to teach adults to be selfless. What does that mean? Let somebody else go in front of you at the Walmart. Let somebody else cut in line and not get mad. Let that guy in front of you doesn't know how to drive and is driving 30 miles an hour, drive his 30 miles an hour and not get mad. What does that mean? I put myself last. It's hard. It's hard because there's a lot of people out there that just, they don't deserve someone to be kind to them, in my mind. See, we have to train them with character. Second of all, we need to start young. Ask yourself, well, what's young? Let me ask you, Miss Lori, I'm going to ask you a question. You just seem like you wanted a question asked to you, Miss Lori. Sorry. Miss Lori has a couple dogs at her house. Did you get them when they were puppies? Yeah. When did you start training that puppy? Pretty much right away. I had someone who had the audacity to say to me, oh, we're not going to start disciplining our child until they're one years old. Why? Well, they're just not ready. I'm like, if you wait till one, good luck. The funny part was, she's pregnant. They got a puppy six months early. First thing, we're teaching him to go potty outside. This is his crate. Don't chew on our stuff. And they had all kinds of rules and regulations for that dog. But, oh, the child's not ready until one year old. You missed it. Discipline starts as soon as they can make a decision. You say, well, they're not old enough to make decisions. <laughs> you better believe they are. 
My, I, it's in my mind. My wife and I talk about this all the time. Burned in my mind is the first time Madeline got corrected. First child in our little one-bedroom apartment in Maryland. And she figured out she wanted mom, but there ain't nothing wrong. Mom walked in the room. Mom walked out. Ah! Somebody's beating her with a stick. So Mrs. Davies, being the godly woman that she is, said no and walked out. And then you know she said, Robert, you need to go deal with your daughter. <laughs> I can remember. She wasn't old enough to know better, except for she knew I want this and they're not giving it to me. We have to start young. We have to start young. We're not going to chase that anymore. All right, for those of you who are older, you've, you'll recognize this next one. <laughs> See, you're all already saying it. This isn't kiss like kissy kissy, okay? This is an acronym that stands for keep it simple, stupid. It's a teaching acronym. I know stupid is not a nice word. I apologize to all you parents. You're going to have to explain that to your children afterwards. This is the rule when you're talking to your children. Give them information on their level. My youngest two, don't get an explanation. <laughs> my, my youngest, I'm not going to say her name because she's going to pay attention. My youngest came in the house, sat down on the step, shoes came off, right in the middle of the foyer, walked up the stairs. I didn't notice. Came back late, three minutes later, my wife's coming in the door, and she went to pick him up and said, oh, stop. Leave him there. I said, so-and-so, come here. Go get your shoes. Why? And I said, because I said so. She went down. She picked him up. Why? She didn't deserve an answer. She's not old enough. She just wants to not do it. Now, as they get older, you need to know why. Why do we do that? Because the Bible says this. Simple. Don't get into big explanations. You can narrow down all your parenting to three or four things. Obey. Honor, be diligent. Three things, there you go. All the things you need to talk about fall into those three categories. You need to obey, you need to respect, you need to be diligent. That kind of sums up everything you got to cover as a parent. And so what do we need to do? Let's keep it simple. Don't say, well, son, you know, the Bible teaches us that if a workman is going to get this job done, he has to stop first and consider, does he have the tools to accomplish the task? Does he have the time to accomplish the task? And does he have the ability to get it done soon? No. Go clean your room. Why? Because I told you to. Obey. It's simple. Now, you know why we explain it? Because we ask the same questions to God. God says, I want you to do this. Well, let's talk about this. No, <laughs> obey, right? And then last of all, you ready? This is, this is my personal battle. I'll let you all in. Don't call me out later, okay? Hold the line. That's a military term. If you've been in the military, you know exactly what that means. We've been set in this position, and we're to hold this ground against anything that shows up. And we can't leave. There's no retreat. We're here, and either we win or we die. You say, that's a little morbid. Oh, okay. 
there's a lot of truth in parenting. We're going to hold this line. And so if one of my children says, but dad, I want to, I don't care. I don't care. Right? My favorite phrases are I don't care and no. As a parent, it's my favorite words. Kyle knows. He's been in my class long enough. No. That's my answer. Why? Because number one, I don't have to explain this to you. And number two, we have a, we have a stand that we must take. Dad, I want to I go get dressed before I read my Bible. No. This comes first. When they get old enough, Dad, I want to take a book to church. No. They don't understand why. I've had this conversation so many times. My children love reading. My wife made a wisecrack about a library uh, has to have a minimum of 5,000 books. If you go to my office, I have a decent amount of books. We're not there. You go to my house, we've hit that number. We could legally rent out books from our house if we wanted to. We almost have as many books as the library down here in town. My children read all the time. I encourage them to read. Why? Because people who read, learn, and become leaders. But you can't take a book to church. I'm going to be sitting there to inquire with nothing to do. Okay. You're not taking a book. Why? This is God's house. You don't need to be distracted. You don't need to be reading. You don't need to be playing with toys. Okay. The two little ones in the back, that's a different story. But I have to hold that line. I have to hold that line. Why? Because God's house is important. Now, we made a rule at the beginning of the summer. Can't watch any TV till after dinner. Because they get bored about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I have to get the chores done, and they're playing, and it's hot. And they come in the house. I said, I don't want to, why? Find something else to do. Is it because the movies are bad? No. Find something else to do. Amuse yourself. These are my children, Miss Sandra, that parade around the neighborhood in sheets and other random pieces of cloth and look like homeless people. <laughs> Find yourself something to do. I built you a playhouse. Find something to do. It's hot. Go find something to do. But is that in the Bible? No, that's a preference. Now, as dad, I'm allowed to have a preference, and my preference carries a little bit more weight than any of my children. But there came a day this past week where my wife texted me and said, hey, the kids got all their work done. They've been playing very nicely. Are you okay with them watching a video? I said, sure. You just broke your rule. You didn't hold the line. No, that's not a Bible line. That's a preference. When it comes to God's word, we have to hold the line. Okay, we chased that rabbit long enough. You ready? Some concluding thoughts. You say, Mr. Davis, you had to sum up everything about parenting. What would you say? These are the three thoughts. And they are without a doubt. If anyone were to ever ask Mr. Davis what makes a difference in parenting, these are the three. You ready? First of all, cons- uh, consistency is everything. Consistency is everything. What's that mean? That means you got to be consistent. No matter what, no matter what's happening, no matter what you feel like, no matter what you're in the middle of, if they need correction, do it. Now, we could spend all the rest of the night talking about how to correct. Dad, correct in love with control on your spirit and your words. That's where I battle. I got to control me before I can attempt to control them. My children know if I say, hey, 
a stop, but it's not because I'm angry. I'm not like, they don't flinch. Now, Charlie, when I yell, flinches, and he deserves it because he needs to. Anyway, you pray for Charlie. He might not make it to adulthood. <laughs> My children, I, usually I make loud noises to get attention. So, hey, and I'll say, Mammy, come here. Alan, come here. And I'll talk to them in a normal tone of voice. Why? I'm communicating to them. I'm under control. I'm not mad. As a parent, you should never be mad at your children. It's okay to be disappointed. But if you're mad, that means your anger is directed at them. Disappointment is I'm not okay with what you did, but I still love you. There is a huge difference. That's not even in the notes. Consistency is everything. Consistency meaning I have to correct consistently. And my wife has to correct consistently. Say, well, bless God, I'm going to iron that woman out. She needs to do it consistently. Yeah, well, hang on. There's point number two. Foundation of raising children is unity. What does that mean? That means Mrs. Davies and I have to have a conference. Okay, what are we going to do about this? <laughs> Let's come to it. And it doesn't mean she's, a lot of times she's not asking me. I said, okay, hon, we need to talk. So this happened. Yes, I know that. What are we going to do? We hadn't really talked about this before. Before we had Madeline. We sat in our living room. So what are we going to let our daughter watch? What are we going to let our daughter read? What are we going to let our daughter do? What kind of friends are we looking for? You know, all those new parent questions that don't really influence anything because you don't know anything at that point. I remember having that conversation. I said, yes, yes, yes. And then a year later, the things that she watched, we didn't have TV, so it didn't matter. The friends she hung out with, there's only like two people she hung out with at church. Why? They're the only people in our age group. But the fact that mom and I sat down and talked about it, that starts things off on the right foot. You have to be on the same page. If you're not, uh, okay, so here's this is free, all right? This is free. If M- Mrs. Davies and I are not on the same page, my children should never know it. They shouldn't. That ought to be a conversation that happens offline, behind closed doors, in a quiet setting, Okay? So that my children never know mom and dad disagree. I never, I know now because I've lived a little. I never knew my mom and dad disagreed. My mother's answer was, wait till your father gets home. That's what she said. Yeah, we, we, had a, we had a whiteboard on our refrigerator. <laughs> and if you got a certain amount of marks next to your name, you automatically knew when dad comes home, guess who gets he, he gets to talk to first? This guy. It's not going to be good. All right? Wait till your father gets home. But a lot of times, that unity is built off of not of, we're on the same page. We've been working on this with our son. Come to me, Dad, can I do this? No. <laughs> Goes to Mom. Mom, can I do this? What did your father say? See, we're, this ain't the first rodeo. What did your father say? Uh... Whatever your dad said is what we're doing. And the same thing goes the other way. Very rarely do I overrule. You say, don't you have the authority? Sure, but that doesn't help us. Now, Myla's picked up on it. I want want gummies. No. She turns around, two steps. Mom, I want... (laughs) She was standing right there. You're not... But I'm not going to let her know that she's not being sneaky because that's all right. And then number three. I've had to learn this lesson. What happened? 
Here it is. Okay. Spiritual growth and maturity are progressive. I expect my son to treat any female like a lady. That's what I expect. No conditions about who she is, what she's been doing, whether he knows her or not. She's a lady. But he's four. He's got enough problem not kicking his sister. What's the first thing I tell him when I get after him? Son, what did I tell you? No hitting girls. That's what I said. Gentlemen, (laughs) I don't have a Bible verse, but I got good ground to stand on. You need to teach your son to keep his hands off of women. There are very few things. My wife can tell you there are very few things I'll go to bat for. That's one of them. I will, I will argue at the drop of a hat. You cannot convince me from God's word that it's ever okay for a guy to hit a girl, ever. You say, you mean you'd let a girl hit you and not hear back? You better believe it. Why? Because I'm a man. And as a man, I have a job to protect, not to stand up for myself. I know, we just went down for the Bible and down into the weeds. I've talked to so many guys, Brother Josh. I told my son, if any girls ever lays a hand on it, he'll knock her out. I said, you better not come near my girls because they can fight better than your son. I, and I didn't teach them. They, they fight on their own. Some of my girls don't fight fair either. I found out. <laughs> but guess what? Spiritual growth and maturity, they're progressive. What does that mean? I expect when my son gets old enough to have developed some character, he's working on it, but he ain't there yet. That'll be his rule. We don't hit women. Doesn't matter what happens, we don't hit women. What else? We hold the door for him. Why? Because I'm a young man. That's what I'm expected to do because I have character. When I come to church, I greet people with looking them in the eye and shaking their hands, say, Good evening, Mrs. Warden. Good evening, Brother Branson. Good evening, Miss West. Why? Because my son has character. But I don't, if he doesn't come up to Mr. Branson and say, how are you, Mr. Branson? I don't jump on his case. Why, he's four. I'm happy he just said Mr. Branson, not Branson. All right? Ah, small step. But we're working now. Hey, Luke chapter 2, verse 52, and we're done. Luke chapter 2, verse number 52 says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. You want to measure your children? There's a good stick to measure them by. Are they increased? It didn't say, now, according to Jesus, the Son of God, he's perfect. Okay? But it didn't say Jesus automatically, boom, he's got it. He increased. Our children ought to be increasing. See, how do we know? You need to take measurements. How many of you, raise your hand, have one of them things in your house where you mark how tall somebody is on a date, and then you come, how many of you do that? Okay. I have no idea why people do that. I don't. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I just, that to me, I was like, are you concerned they're not growing? I understand. Oh, it's for the kids to see how much they grow. Show them a picture. Baby. You, baby. See, you've grown. I'm a little bit more simplistic. 
Spiritually, we ought to do that, though. I had a conversation with one of my daughters a couple weeks ago saying, hey, you remember us having this conversation about a year ago? Yeah, I remember that. You're doing a really good job. Why? She's growing. I've said to my wife, hey, remember having this battle with this one? We haven't fought that battle in a long time, have we? No, she's got it. Now, lest you think Mr. Davies is teaching on parenting because he thinks he's got it, I will be the first one in line and say, I have no clue, okay? I had good parents. My wife had good parents. I spend time in God's word. Proverbs is my favorite book of the Bible. Why? Because it gives me help, (laughs) especially with those people to live in my house. But when we ask ourselves the question, how do I get these children to behave? It begins here. Now, the other question I thought about talking about tonight revolves around, well, when I tell my kids to do something, they just don't obey. Here's your anecdote for that. You ready? Somebody said this to me, and I thought, that is brilliant, and it's going to get me punched. It was. How do I get my children to obey? How do you get your children to not play in the street? You insist. You insist. If I want my children to obey, I don't back down. Super, they're going to scream. <laughs> cool. Doesn't matter. One of mine is learning that now. Screaming only gets, makes a situation worse. Why? Why are you crying? Ah! I'm a dad. Loud noises bother me. Silence is good. So when certain children get corrected, they cry with their mouth wide open. That's not okay. That's, I'm making as loud of a noise as possible so that everybody within hearing distance knows I am not okay with the discipline that's happening at this current moment. We don't care. Close your mouth. Why? This is not about you having an attitude. This is about us teaching you ultimately to love God. To love God with all of your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. I hope that's been a help to you tonight. I would was very anxious about preaching that. If there's anything that I feel very strongly about, it's this. It's like I said, there's nothing we leave behind us. Your house, all the money you leave to your kids, whatever that may be when the time comes, all right? doesn't matter. It does not matter. Your children tell us the story of your life. I want my story to be good. 